crew of Boo Halloween Parade in New Orleans, gathered by Alex Clifford, just one of thousands of contributions to the project Cities and Memory, which hosts both field recordings recorded in locations around the world and remixes by sound artists and musicians that reimagine those recordings. Last month, Cities and Memory joined the University of Oxford's Centre on Migration, Policy and Society, or COMPASS, in launching Migration Sounds, an attempt to represent the experiences of people on the move, migrating and settling. Until the end of this year, they're inviting people from across the world to contribute audio that they've gathered wherever they are. Of course, it's a perennially relevant subject, never more so than now, as more than a million people have been displaced in the tragedy unfolding in Gaza. It's also a topic that's often distorted and dehumanised in media reporting and political debate. So what are the impetus for and aims of the project? I spoke to the founder of Cities and Memory, Stuart Folks. Stuart, before we start talking about Migration Sounds itself, can we just talk a bit about Cities and Memories? It's been around since 2015 and tell us more about it. Uh, yeah, so Cities and Memory, I guess, is one of the biggest sound projects in the world at this point. Started off with me just recording one sound under a bridge near my house in Oxford and has expanded to cover getting on for 120 countries now. There's about 6,000 or so sounds in the project and there's about 1,500 artists that have got involved and you can define it by, I guess, the tagline, which is remixing the world one sound at a time. So effectively, we've got a global sound map and in every location you'll find two sounds. So the first one is the sort of documentary, real field recording of what that place actually sounds like, whether it's the sound of chiming bells or street traffic or crashing waves, whatever it might be. And the second sound is a kind of reimagined composition that an artist has developed using the original recording. So you can navigate the world either by the actual sounds of the world or by these reimagined compositions, which is like a sort of collective reimagining of the sounds of the world by um, thousands of artists. Right. And, and when you say artist, it can mean anything from a, an electronica or techno artist to a sound artist who would want to display their work in galleries. Yeah, there's absolutely everything you can imagine in terms of sonic approaches on the site. So, yeah, you've got, you know, ambient, electronic, you've got full band compositions, you've got uh, vocal songs. I think there's even one on there where someone has created a reimagined sound out of the TripAdvisor reviews of the location in question, where they've effectively right. done the reimagined version by just reading out other people's reviews of the location, which is always really a, a really interesting one. <laughs> Sounds like a conceptual art project in its own right. Tell us more about why you wanted to do this project. What was it that you wanted to achieve by recording the world in such depth? Well, I think the goals of the project have sort of changed over time, I guess. I mean, originally for me, I mean, I come from a background of recording sound, but from the perspective of music. So I've done it with that kind of John Cage sense of all sound is music, um, anything is potentially source materials to be manipulated. So I come at it not from the technically perfect field recording preservation documentary side of the world, but more from the all sound as a possibility and all sound leads you in an interesting creative direction side of things. I've always done field recording from that perspective and I was interested in how do you present that to the world and do it in a way that's slightly different from all of the other kind of sound maps and sound projects that are out there. So originally it was an outlet really for me to explore how to use sound in a creative way, but it's kind of developed layers of meaning over the course of several years. So the first of those meanings would be around a sort of a documentary element. It's been going since 2015. So a lot of the sounds now may have changed. A lot of the places may have changed. So there is this documentary element that comes with a level of history. 
And for example, when we did a project around the sounds of COVID-19, that became a really important, almost historical document of the way in which the sounds of the world were changing at a particular time. So you've got that. And then two to three times a year, we do a different project where we explore a different aspect of sound or we use sound to explore a different question or a different idea in great depth. And so each of those projects in its own right answers a different question and uses sound to take a different approach. So for example, earlier this year, we did a project called Polar Sounds, which was working with some scientific institutes in Germany around the sounds of the Arctic and the Antarctic. And what they wanted to do there was to bring the world of kind of quite cold scientific sonic data, bring it to a wider, more populist audience beyond the world of kind of research papers and white papers. And they wanted to basically use Cities of Memories artists to create this kind of tapestry of sounds and songs built from the sounds of polar life. And that achieved that goal perfectly. So there are various different ways into it, depending on what the kind of the project in question is, I guess. And I think Migration Sounds, this recently launched project, it sounds exactly like that in the sense of broadening the rhetoric, if you like, or the kind of narrative or or even just the textures, if you like, of a much debated topic and a topic that tends to be quite reductive in the way it's discussed in public life. Yeah, exactly. I, I think there have become many quite fixed and quite static ways of looking at the migration conversation, particularly in the media. I think, you know, obviously it's extremely divisive. There are certain kind of tropes that come in around uh, the idea of migration. And this project is about, well, how can we look at the whole conversation a little bit differently? How can we even question what migration actually is and what are the positives of it? You know, and what does it mean to be an actual human being, an actual person who is migrating, who is living in a place that's not their original home, who has potentially gone back home from a place? What does it actually mean in a human sense? And and how can we use sound to explore some of those questions and maybe help to change the conversation a little bit? And that that documentary impulse that you were discussing earlier and, and the idea of a kind of historical document, it seems to me that at the moment, the idea of sound data, which tells the story of migration, is terrifically important historically, because apart from anything else, even the way that images of migration are presented is quite coded in the media whereas this you're opening it up to everyone to record this data so that it can be extremely diverse in terms of the sounds and, and in fact a way of interpreting migration that it seems to me is completely different from the way that many of us ever have yeah exactly and you know it, it's much easier to record sound than it is to record video it's a very accessible format you can record really high quality sound you know just on, on an iphone using voice notes now so it's potentially the kind of project that you know an enormous amount of people can get involved with so the hopefully the barrier to entry is not exclusive you know with this project we're not talking about you need to be a migrating field recorder who owns a three thousand pound nagra tape recorder in order to take part in this it's like basically anyone with a phone can be part of this but i think we also want to move away from the idea of migration is just people on boats or is just people crossing borders is just people in transit Migration is about everyday life. It's often about very, very mundane things. It's about how does the place that you're living in now sound different to the places that you're used to or the places that you've come from? How does that make you feel? Do you feel welcome? Do you feel alienated? You know, what what are the kind of feelings that come up that tell the story of a journey towards a new home or tell the story of a new life beginning? And of course, the idea behind recording cities or recording space is that it's a kind of sensation of that environment. It is a sense. And it's a sense that sometimes is divorced from the narratives that are told about these kind of issues. Yeah. And, you know, sound is the sense that um, we're all aware of first. You know, we, we can all hear before we can see. We can all hear before we're born. 
it is something that is very, very close to our daily lives. And if you think about the difference between that and, and visuals, especially in today's visually dominated culture, if I ask you, for example, what does Paris look like? You will say to me without doubt something like, yeah, it's the Eiffel Tower or it's the River Seine or it's whatever it might be. If I ask you conversely, what does Paris sound like? You may come back to me and say, well, it's the, it's the closing doors in the metro. It's the sound of the, the bustling streets. It's musicians in Montmartre. It's whatever it might be. So discussing sound as it relates to a place often ends up being much closer to our daily life and the way in which we live than thinking about visuals. Of course, you're working with Compass, which is a department within Oxford University. So there is an academic impulse as well as a kind of just data gathering process here. Yeah. And in fact, it's, it's Compass that got in touch with City's memory in, in the first instance with this idea of, well, actually, you know, we've... We've seen some of the the work that you've done in other projects using sound to open up conversations in other areas. Is that something that you'd be potentially interested in in working with us on around migration? And I think there's there's a couple of things around that. You know, I think from our side, it helps to give the project a great deal of legitimacy that we're working with an extremely credible organisation that is part of the conversation around the migration debate and really knows the policy issues and all that kind of stuff. But equally... Because they have a whole lot of networks, they have a lot of field researchers, a lot of field workers, a lot of links with organisations around the world. And hopefully that's going to be able to help us to garner and find some really interesting sounds and more importantly, some really interesting stories to go along with it as well. So this is not just about a public open call done through our channel. It's also about what can Compass kind of help to gather from, from their networks too. I was going to ask that actually about to what extent is there actual outreach to refugee communities, for instance? Is anybody talking to the million people who are displaced in Gaza right now about this? There's a lot of outreach going on. It's all happening through Compass and through their networks across the university and beyond. So I know that they're having a lot of conversations and, you know, this call is going to be running until at least the end of 2023, just in terms of gathering the field recordings, because we know we need a little bit longer on this one to lay the groundwork, to make the connections, to make the recordings and to get those back in to make this project as rich and as diverse and as interesting as it needs to be and as it can be. You know, often with other projects, if I'm doing something like, for example, Sounding Nature, which was our project about exploring the sounds of the natural world, that's really easy. I can put that out to the field recording networks to see his memory. There are tons of nature recordists out there. They can send me fantastic recordings of howler monkeys uh, in Costa Rica or like the sounds of hooper swans in Canada. I can get that really quickly. But this is something that's going to require a lot more thought and a lot more kind of groundwork to get going, I think. Obviously, you talked about the way that the sound recordings appear on the Cities and Memory site. But are there broader goals in terms of how this data is going to be used in terms of do Compass want to use it in terms of their work, in terms of forming policies, advising on policies and so on? Or, you know, are there sort of specific goals which are inside? Well, if there's one thing I've learned from the Cities of Memory projects is that there's always a kind of surprise involved in terms of depending on what comes back from the projects, what sounds you get in, how they end up being used. You know, when I did the COVID-19 project, that was an impulse from my side to just record the ways in which the sounds of the world were changing because everyone was talking about well, the world's getting quieter, traffic's died down, I can hear more nature. It's like we have to capture this and we have to record it. I wouldn't have expected at that point that project would be archived by the British Library for posterity because it became an important historical document. So I couldn't have seen that outcome happening at the beginning of the project. And I feel like with migration sounds, there may be something that happens once we release the project to the world. It may start to you know, inform some of those conversations a little bit more. And I think part of that is going to be, it's not just about the sounds, it's going to be about the stories that are behind it. Because I think 
a lot of the sounds that come through in the project, there'll be some sounds that are particularly indicative of what you'd classically think of as a migration. But I would think the majority of the sounds are likely to be quite down to earth, quite mundane, literally the sounds of people doing washing up, you know, the sounds of people going and doing the shopping. But it's the story behind that, you know, where am I? Where am I from? Where have I moved to? How do I feel? You know, what's unfolding in my life? I think that's the real gold in this project. And lastly, just tell us how people can contribute. So if you head to citiesandmemory.com slash migration, you can contribute a sound there. You'll find all the links, all the information in terms of contributing a sound. And I would just say that this is not just about the sounds of people literally traveling to places. This can be about, you know, if you have moved to a new country, if you're a second generation immigrant, if you've just returned home, like any of those things, you're the sonic reflection on the way that you're living is, is completely valid. And we would love to hear that in the project. Okay, well, Stuart, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. A reminder of that website, citiesandmemory.com slash migration. You can find out more about Compass's work at Compass, that's with one S, dot ox, dot ac, dot uk.